previously on Just Cow in the City. Well, that's just perfect, isn't it? I came all the way from New York City. Tell me I just got to go right back. She's telling the story wrong. I was there, and I was the one who told it to Sarah because she was completely out of it. Can you at least do that? Tell me I was at that dinner. All right, you were at that dinner. Thank you for not calling me a liar. You fucking write a Broadway musical, and there's a song with a banjo, and it's better than your whole fucking musical, then you stink. Ha-cha, just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Just Gow in the City. This coming out on Tuesday, May 10, 2022. Of course, I am very familiar with today's date as today is the day I will be doing the question and answer uh, live on YouTube at 9.15 Eastern Standard Time for the new Sarah Silverman play, The Bed Wetter. But let's, uh, we will get to that. In the meantime, oh my goodness, it is just an absolute awful weekend here in New York City. I am recording on Sunday. I feel like my voice is completely out of it, although I don't know why. I haven't, I don't think I've had a drink in like two weeks. Uh, But um, I don't know. That's what happened. Oh, well, I was out in the rain and everything. I mean, I really should be sick. I mean, so yesterday, right? So how's everybody doing? Hope everybody's okay. My God, the weather here has been so bad. And you know how angry I am at the weather lately. I'm just like, I really am an old man. I'm angry at the old man yells at cloud. That's all happened. I'm just so angry at the goddamn weather. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. It continues to rain. It continues to be windy. And I know, I know. We've all talked about this. You want to keep complaining about the weather? I tell you a hundred times. There's a place 3,000 miles away where it never rains and the weather's always perfect, and it's called California. And I could actually live there and live my life and just be like, this is all right. But you know what? You see, the thing is, this kind of weather makes you completely appreciate when it's a warm, lovely, not-too-humid, beautiful day, and uh, maybe that's part of the issue. You know I mean? How do you appreciate a beautiful day when the beautiful day is every day, which it is in California? And it is funny, when I go out there, I think the last time I was out there, whenever that was before the pandemic, three years ago, I mean, I remember it was like 7 o'clock at night. It was such a beautiful evening, and I was doing spins in, like, the parking lot because my friends I was with were like, do you not, are you not appreciating this beautiful weather? Because they're not, because it's like that every day, especially as the sun goes down, gets a little cooler, it's nice oh whatever anyway yesterday yesterday i did the als walk you know a little charity action and thank you for some of you who uh, made some donations obviously i appreciate it my friend laura who i had on the uh, comedy seller show appreciates it since we were walking for her dad and of course to raise awareness for the program now i i don't know what kind of awareness these walks do but I do a few of them because 
as a man with limited means, uh, can't really give to all the charities I would like to. Because you always want to give to charities because whether it's if it makes you feel better or you think maybe in the next life, you know, you might get a pass because you want to give to charities. But usually normal people always want to give if they can. You want to help out. So this is the way I can help is I do these walks and I help my friends. And, you know, th- those, are the, those are the ways I can contribute if that's what makes them happy. And uh, I, I never had a problem doing this. Usually, you know, first Saturday in May is usually nice and not perfect weather, but not like yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday I was wearing my winter jacket. Not, and it wasn't even cold. I just, I have no rain gear. So I was only wearing what I had. But I prepared in advance because the night before, which I'll tell you about later, just I was already wet and gross and then to go back, I mean, really, I will cancel stuff because it rains. I do not like getting wet. I hate carrying an umbrella. So I'll usually just walk in the rain. And I didn't mind so much yesterday knowing full well it was going to be rain and I was going to be gross because I had nowhere to go. The worst about weather like that is if you have some place to go and then you get there all wet. Again, I'm going backwards this week. I'm starting from, I, I'm sorry, I'm taping on Sunday because I you know, did this thing on Saturday morning. And then I'll go to Friday. There's really, you know, I, it's the funny thing is I don't have that much, I know I always say, but I, I, I wasn't even writing stuff down this week. I just didn't do anything. I guess some of it's depression. Who the hell knows? Uh, but anyway, yesterday I figure... Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I have my winter jacket, which is has been made very clear it is not waterproof. Now, I don't know how you make a winter jacket that's not waterproof because, you know, it's made for, like, being in the snow and stuff. But, well, it ain't waterproof, and I've known that for years because in the pockets, every time I go into them, everything's soaking wet. So clearly it's not waterproof. And I guess I need like a raincoat, but I guess the way I picture raincoats as a child is a yellow slicker (laughs) and a stupid hat where you look ridiculous and I'm out of my position and there's no way I'm going to buy something like that. So I don't know what to do and I never buy stuff for certain occasions. I guess I was, I mean, even those snow boots I got. So yeah, then I'm like, well, what shoes am I going to wear? So the only shoes that are waterproof, and I had this Friday as well, and maybe one of the other days this week, are these black dress shoes that I you know, used to wear to work uh, three years ago when I was working. Black dress shoes. And they're the only waterproof ones I have. And they shouldn't even be. I don't even know whether they're waterproof, but they don't leak. Sneakers, forget about that. I've told you about Timberlands. They stink. They don't seem, I mean, maybe brand new Timberlands would work, but you know, you use them for six weeks and they start to leak. So screw that. I don't know what to fucking get. I mean, I remember as a kid, my dad and I putting on rubbers. (laughs) Now that sounds funny as it is, but we would put rubber, what were they called? Galoshes over our shoes and that's what we'd wear in the rain. We'd put rubber. I, I don't think anyone does that anymore, right? It's not a bad idea. I don't even know whether you can buy them anymore. I got to look this up immediately after we get off the air here to see if you can actually still buy rubber galoshes. They would just go over your shoes. 
<laughs> the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, well, why didn't I do that yesterday? There, uh, there was just nothing. So I was like, can I bring, can I wear my snow boots? I mean, how are those not waterproof? Well, I will tell you right now, they're not. I mean, I looked online for, you know, in the morning before I left. I'm like, all right, can you wear snow boots? Can you wear the knockoff Uggs, uh, the suede snow boots? And they're like, pretty much no. I mean, they said no, but of course I'm I'm, I'm looking for the one that says, yeah, <laughs> but it's not there. Although it didn't start getting wet until the way back, you know, we're doing three miles and towards, I'd say about two miles in, then all of a sudden my socks and shoes were completely just, I might as well have not been wearing shoes at all. That was a disaster, but the coat was completely wet. So my plan, I just wore jeans because I don't have anything else that I don't have. Well, you know, I don't go fishing, so I don't have those kind of clothing or whatever where you sit in the water all day with these pants. I, I, I don't know. I just wore jeans, crappy jeans that, you know, I wouldn't care if they, you know, fell off or whatever. <laughs> and But the wind, you know, we're on the water on the West Side Highway. We're on the water and the wind and the rain just kept coming at us. And the and my pants got completely soaked. My underwear was soaked. Uh, everything was just a disaster. Inside, my jacket is always fine. You know, like my shirt wasn't wet or anything. Or maybe it was, actually, when I took it off. I think it might have been. Whatever the case may be in that sense. No, I don't care about that. But, you know, there's nothing worse, as they say in Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump goes to Vietnam and uh, Lieutenant Dan says to him, just make sure you have clean socks, clean socks, because obviously the most obvious thing in Vietnam and the things they're going through is being in wet shoes sucks that much that even in Vietnam, they're saying like the most important thing is clean socks and dry socks. Look, it's pretty basic here. Stick with me. Learn from the guys that have been in country a while, you'll be all right. There is one item of GI gear that can be the difference between a live grunt and a dead grunt. Socks. Cushion sole, OD green. Try and keep your feet dry. When we're out humping, I want you boys to remember to change your socks whenever we stop. Me calling the leader grunt's feet right off his legs. You boys are hungry. We got steaks burning right over here. Two standing orders in this platoon. One. Take good care of your feet. Two, try not to do anything stupid by getting yourself killed. I sure hope I don't let him down. Uh, because I guess their boots maybe have been waterproof, but right. I mean, it's just there's nothing worse than wet shoes. There really is nothing worse than walking around in water. It's awful. And it's funny because when you are walking around and your feet are dry, you're like, well, my feet are dry. And that's important. I mean, I definitely think about that all the time, which is why these shoes that shouldn't be waterproof unbelievably are. These dress shoes that I wear with a suit have been completely awesome all these years. And all the other shoes I've ever had just leak water. Definitely sneakers because my friends Lee and Laura were wearing sneakers and they were screwed. Nobody knows what to wear on a day like that mostly especially if you're walking three miles that's the other thing they're like i'm sure they have their their people of means they have shoes that probably you know don't leak water but they're like but i'm walking three miles today what am i going to walk with and i was like 
I guess I'm used to walking pretty far in these snow boots. So for me, walking three miles in snow boots doesn't matter. I walk them in dress shoes all the time. I'm not, I walk a lot and that's why all my shoes end up leaking because those shoes are not made for walking miles and miles. You know, they're made for, I guess they don't think they're made for people who, you know, I guess get in a car and go to work and then if they, you know, walk around the office a little bit when you're mostly seated. But for me, I mean, I walk in dress shoes like it's nobody's, like it's never been done before. The amount of walking that I do, especially when I was at my job, so I walk back and forth to work every day, which is 40 minutes and uh, I guess about four miles a day. I'm walking to work right back three years ago and for 20 years before that. But then, of course, there's multiple times where I'm going out after work, like going to the comedy store, and then walking home after that. So, I mean, on a normal day, if I'm going out after work, I could really walk six to ten miles in dress shoes. You know, shoes you'd wear to a wedding. And that's that's insane, but that's I guess that's what we do here in New York. I assume other people do it, too. Uh, but yeah, so and so this one pair of shoes for some reason never leaked. It was unbelievable. And I'm like, should I just wear those? But I feel like an idiot, which I don't know why I'd feel an idiot, though, but I felt comfortable in snow boots. What the fuck is the matter with me? I don't know. I was trying something different. And boy, was it a mistake. And then my jeans were completely wet. So I did. And, and I was so smart because I put all my stuff, like all the stuff I carry in my pockets, you know, Kleenex paper towels to rub off that because i took the motorcycle there too on the way there i'm like well i don't care if i get wet now because we're just walking i'm gonna be wet so that's okay and i took the motorcycle so i had to have paper towels to wipe off the seats when i first got on the bike and again you know how i love riding my motorcycle in the rain because it's <laughs> chill but i put that and i don't know some gum or something in my in a plastic bag because knowing full well my pockets were going to get drenched but for some reason, I didn't put my wallet in there or my money. I, I don't know. I guess because usually my pants don't get wet, even when it's pouring rain. But this time they completely did because the wind was making the rain come directly at our fronts. And my, my front of my pants was absolutely soaked and then the back on the way back. So my wallet was completely drenched. I had to take out all my credit cards or whatever I had in there. I emptied the whole wallet, all my money. I had to like, you know, put up on clothespins, all my money, like my five pieces of cash. I have that, uh, you know, dry and everything was wet. It was so gross. And we, and so I got lucky. My friends, uh, Lee and Laura dropped their kid off kind of where the race started, which is amazing at this guy's house. He lives on the, like on the West side highway, which is a place like you just wouldn't want to live. You go out and it's so loud and windy like every day. But his inside was amazing. The, you know, the house, you see some of these people, the way they live here in New York City, it's very fascinating. I mean, it really is. That's why I've always said to girls whenever I would go out with them, like, can I see your place? And they're like, what? You can't just ask to come upstairs. I was like, no, no, no. I really want to see your place because, you know, when you live in Manhattan, out of all the places that there are, you want to see where people live. You're fascinated. Whether they live in a dump studio apartment, you want to see that 
you live in a studio and this that's it? You just have a mattress? Or you want to see the biggies? Well, you got two floors? You've got three bathrooms? You know, you want to see it all. So I was glad I got to see this guy's apartment. It's amazing. Even though he just overlooks other people's apartments, which is so funny. People pay so much, you, you don't even have a view. And he lives where he could have a view of New Jersey, the beautiful skyline, which I know it doesn't sound right, but over the Hudson River, he just overlooks other people's apartments. You can see right into their apartments, but their apartment is great. They have like three windows where they have like those things like a, like a, like a, you know, like a sofa thing, like where your cat would sit, you know, like a three of those windows, things. but like, what's the point of sitting on the windowsill if you're just looking at your neighbor. <laughs> it's such a strange place to live. Uh, even if you have money and have a nice apartment, it is very, very odd uh, living here. But of course, you know, you want to see these places and this place was uh, really cool. So, and it's really quiet, which is weird. Like I said, it's off the highway, but it's insulated where you don't hear any noise, which is like Rachel's place. She lives off the BQ, the Brooklyn Queens Expressway, and you never hear any noise, which is fascinating uh, that's why you gotta like go into like wow what kind of windows do that which again is uh, a good way to tell people um you know if you're complaining about noise outside your window i think it can be fixed so they so we went back to pick her up and they were going to give me a drive home and i live all the way on the other side of town and they live on the west side i'm like you don't have to do that they're like no no we will and i'm i'm like well I can't deny that would be terrific because I wasn't sure I was going to get home. I don't even know where the subway is around there. The subway's even far away. And I was drenched. And we went to the guy's house. And when we went there the first time, we had to take off our shoes. And I said, this time, I can't take off my shoes. These shoes are not coming off until I am home because I will not be able to get back into them. It would be an impossibility. And I'm not even taking off my socks to put my bare feet in these shoes. This is disgusting. So I will wait outside for you to get your kid and come back. And then it turns out the kid is at a boxing class and she's not going to be back for an hour. And I'm like, well, I'll see you guys later. I appreciate the ride home, but no thanks. And and But they were so nice. I think they were happy that I you know, did the walk, especially in that weather. I mean, that really is being a, a good friend. <laughs> Certainly, I wanted them to say, you know, the weather... And I do feel bad for the people at the ALS. I mean, like, you know, nobody was there. Oh, my God. And we could have made a stink because the one thing Lee and I were looking forward to, I didn't have any coffee. I took the uh, bike up to their house in the Upper West Side, and they drove me down there. And Lee and I were, like, waiting for, we've been doing this for, well, I don't know. I mean, we've definitely been doing it. If their kid is 11, we must have been doing this for at least 10 to 12 years because, she was walking when she was pregnant. So, yeah, if their oldest kid is, unless they had the kid before, I don't know. But let's say we've been doing this for 10 years, this walk on the first Saturday of May besides the last two years. There's always been on this pier, and we only I was only able to take one picture yesterday. The weather was just so horrible. The bonus show is going to suck this week. I think I got three photos. I mean, probably shouldn't even, you know, once in a while, I guess we can not do the bonus show, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe we won't this week. I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the view, it's usually on this long pier that really goes out to the Hudson River. It's usually a beautiful view and a beautiful day, and they usually have coffee and bagels, and this time they had nothing. I mean, they had some chips. 
I think I'm holding a bag of barbecue corn chips and they had some, what did I have? Chocolate chip cookies, but nothing like, and some water. But Lee and I always look forward to the, that's where we have our coffee before the walk. We don't go to Dunkin' Donuts or anywhere else. We have the coffee at the thing and they didn't have the coffee. Now we can't get mad at them for not bringing the coffee. I mean, it's a crappy day. I can't believe they even set up a tent at all to have anything in. Everything was blowing away, and it was just awful, just really awful. When you put rain or shine, there's nothing you can do. But when there's gusting winds like that, like a hurricane, I don't know, you might want to second guess. I'm going to say maybe there were, oh, could you say 100 people? Maybe there was 100 people, maybe 75 people, where it's normally could be 1,000 people. So... The people that work there were sitting. The people that are on the 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 walk route, you know, just sitting there like freezing, and so it was very nice of them to do. But yeah, no coffee, so you know how upset that gets me. But I also realize it's a charity event. I realize the kind of day it is, and there was nothing we could do. So seriously, what are you going to do? I know I had some water. I'm like, water sucks. <laughs> when you're looking forward to coffee, water sucks. So so when we went to pick them, I said, I'll sit up. So I was going to go and just go on the subway or wherever it was. And they're like, no, Lee will take you home. And I'm like, that's so unnecessary because then he has to come back and pick up his daughter. But then when we thought about it, it does circ- it's not that bad a trip because you're on the West Side Highway and that goes to the FDR Drive. And I live right up the FDR Drive. So even though we live east-west, which is awful, the way Manhattan works, it comes to a kind of a tip where we were. And then you're actually on the east side really quickly. So it was a bit of a I got to say, him driving me home was so fantastic. It was so, I didn't even want to get in the car and sit down because I'm like, I'm so wet. I'm going to, I was, um, what do you call it? Like you're squeezing my jacket. Uh, like, you know, when you're, when you're twisting like a towel to dry it, to get the water out, I was twisting my jacket and the water was drenching down the, the jacket I was wearing. It was, I mean, it was really wet and gross. I didn't complain the whole time, which, well, maybe I did towards the end because I really just wanted to get home. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Seriously. At any age, it would be bad. So he was so nice to drive me home. Then he went back down, you know, but he, he doesn't care. He's got a nice car. Worst driver I've ever seen. I mean, he's actually not a bad driver, but he's like got such ADD. He's like doing stuff, the dashboard, he's filling with food. And I'm like, will you, will you just concentrate on the road? Even though I don't, I don't think I get nervous with people. I totally trust them. So it's not that big a deal, but I'm just like, what's the matter with you? Just concentrate on the road. You're fiddling with everything. I've never seen, usually girls are like this, for real. Like, uh, you know, as sexist as it is, most men are really good at concentrating on the road. And the women I've always noticed, before cell phones and stuff, were always fiddling. Like Sarah, worst driver I've ever seen. Really, actually, the worst driver in general. She's really fiddling with the phone and the radio at the time. And uh, everything else besides concentrating on driving. And then when a light would come, ooh, oh. You know, like I, I'm, she should never be behind the wheel. So hopefully at this point, people are just driving her. But uh, yeah, there, you know, there's people in your life that just can't concentrate on driving. And you know how upset I get about when Olga or Rachel 
is talking to me and they're mad that I'm not concentrating on their conversation because I'm concentrating on the road or I don't want to look at their phone at the moment because I'm concentrating on the road. Do you know how upset this gets me even watching television shows and movies? When I sit there and people are turned to the right looking at somebody while they're driving, I just watched like a Frasier episode from the 90s where he's staring at somebody for way too long while he's moving the car. And like, this is really bad acting. (laughs) Nobody should be looking over that long, especially if you're driving in the city. And it drives me insane even when I'm watching a stupid comedy. People need to learn how to act while they're driving in a movie or TV show. <laughs> it's it's really messed up. I know they're using a green screen on TV, but, you know, learn, figure, what do you, don't drive on your own? You don't realize you shouldn't be turned to the right for that long period of time? And when it happens in the movies, I know they're going to get into a car accident. Because I, 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 I know all the signs. Like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, this is the scene where they get in the car accident because his head is turned way too long. And that's why the movie, what I've been thinking about a lot lately, um, I guess because Sarah was doing a documentary on Albert Brooks. Rob Reiner came over her house the other day and interviewed. She goes, hey, do you have any Albert Brooks stories that I might be able to use? And I'm like, mostly just the one at your party, you know, where he just kept asking everybody if he should go back into stand up, you know, but uh, otherwise. Uh, And then we were talking about defending your life. And I'm like, well, you can talk about the greatest scene in motion picture history where he makes all those mistakes. And it was so funny, laugh out loud, funny, crying, laughing out loud. But in defending your life, the way he gets killed to go to wherever this place is, not heaven, but like a like a little way station. Although I think that's the heaven can wait uh, dialogue. Oh, he's he's driving and he's listening to the Barbra Streisand Broadway album. I think that's what it was. And the CD case falls on the floor and he's down there for like 20 minutes looking for it while he's driving. And I remember Sarah and I were laughing in the theater because, you know, it didn't, it doesn't matter in that movie how you die. You know, you just need to, we know he's going to (laughs) die. So that is the premise of the film. So we're just waiting. So it was extra funny that he was down there for so long. They were doing the gag on exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, normally it drives me insane and like Lee was doing all that stuff and it still didn't really bother me. I, you know, it's funny. I can, I trust him completely. He drives his kids around. I, anybody that's actually a bad driver, I still feel safe with. I'm never panicked because I'm, I guess I'm saying to myself, well, they've gotten around this long. They must have this figured out. I'm just watching what they're doing while they're driving because you know, I just can't believe they're so stupid. <laughs> it's so messed up. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he dropped me off and I came home and just like very slowly, I, 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 I took, I stripped everything out and hung everything like one at a time. I didn't go crate, like take it up everything at once. I'm like, I'm going to take everything off leisurely. I took a shower and the, which is so funny, right? Why would you want to take a shower? But uh, I, I just wanted hot water on my body. This sounds weird when I'm saying it. I don't know why. And uh, and then you know felt and then just got kind of got into bed. I was supposed to. I mean, I did Marina's podcast at three, but it was only one o'clock now. And I was like, should I tape the podcast now? Maybe I should. But I was so relaxed. 
Um, I'm just like, you know what? Let me just lie down a little bit and be grateful that I am indoors and that it's raining and cold and windy outside. And now I feel like a million bucks. Let's just enjoy this for two hours. I talked on the phone a little bit. I think I played some video game. I just was, I'm not a guy that sits in my bed until it's nighttime. I don't usually hang in my bed during the day. You know, when you see, but when I see people do it in the movies, it looks so fun and relaxing. And my room, my bedroom is fun. You know, I mean, I have good views and everything. So it's nice to like kind of lay in the bed and just relax. And I could watch TV in here. I just never do. It's weird. I don't like to put on the TV falling asleep, you know, which doesn't add up to my personality, I feel. It's uh, very odd, but... But it was very relaxing, and I was just like, not angry, but I was like, I got to do that thing at three, which, of course, is my pleasure, and I love talking to Marina when we do this thing, this live YouTube thing at three every Saturday, although I won't be doing it next Saturday. I was also, I could just have just stayed there for, I don't know, the rest of the night. Okay, we're young, rich, and full of sugar. What do we do? Let's go crazy Broadway style! Oh, it was, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Getting wet is awful because then the night before, so as you know, I'm doing the Q&A on Tuesday. There will be no, for me, Comedy Cellar nightly show. Elon, I believe, will take over again. And at 9.15 Eastern Standard Time, uh, you can watch on YouTube. If you go to Atlanta, I think it's atlantictheater.org. If you go there now, you can see a little picture of me uh, right underneath Sarah's picture about this Q&A that we're having with the cast. Now, you're obviously not going to see the show, but you can see um, me and Sarah talking with the rest of the uh, cast and production crew and taking questions from the audience. Again, I do not know if we're taking questions from people online. I don't know. Then nobody has told me how it works. But the bottom line is, is that I felt, or maybe Sarah met somebody mentioned, like, you know, because the first time I was going to see the show, even though I saw it in, you know, like a reading, was going to be the night of the show that I was going to do the Q&A. And Sarah's like, don't you want to come before? And I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. And then I talked to Jeff Ross on Saturday because I wanted to ask him about the Chappelle thing. In fact, he, wow, he was like, it was scary. I, he had a backpack. I, I thought we were all dead. I thought he was a suicide bomber. We never even thought about that. My goodness. And uh, yeah, he's still pretty shaken up from it. That's still messed up what happened with on the Chappelle to Hollywood Bowl. Everybody's obviously talking about it since since the poor stand-up comics are at uh, risk now, which of course is insane, you would think, years ago. But comedy is under attack, which is my new AARP article, hopefully coming out, but I'm so all over the place because it started with Bill Murray and then the Chappelle thing happened and now I'm not sure what the hell to write about. So my thoughts, and I sent it to my guy. He's like, you're all over the place. I'm like, that's what I wrote. I said I'm all over the place. I can't seem to focus on one thing. It's very confusing because so much things are happening besides, you know, comedy canceling, uh, comedy cancellation, and then comedy people getting actually physically attacked. I'm not sure what to write about. But obviously I want to, you know, get something out. But anyway... uh, so Jeff was like, wait, you're not going to go see the show before that night? Shouldn't you?" Be-? I'm like, you know, if everybody's saying that, maybe I shouldn't be stupid and be smarter in my life and let me pick a day, even though the days are limited before I go, to see the show. So I said, let's not be, you know me. It was Friday night. It was raining. 
I'm like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go out on Saturday. I have this thing. Uh, obviously, I never like going out on Sunday. Monday, there's no show. So I'm like, well, what am I doing? I can make excuses all day long. So I texted Sarah. I'm like, hey, can I come to the show tonight? Because we were talking like, you know, you could just stand in the back with me. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. It'll be important to see. And you know what? Best move ever, right? To be prepared, see it in advance. Really smart. So, of course, it's raining. And I go down to Sarah's. We're going to walk from her place to the theater. And it's raining. And I'm like, I don't even know what to wear. Just wear a regular jacket. I, I carried like a small umbrella in my pocket, thank goodness. But I was already soaked by the time I got to Sarah's place. I was so angry. It's cold. It's rainy. It's so annoying when it could have been such a pleasurable day in every way. But anyway, yeah, because then, right, I put up the umbrella. We walk. I don't know. It was much further than you thought, especially in the rain. You know, we get there. The umbrella's wet. My jacket's wet. I'm wet. I'm like, where am I putting all this stuff? And then when we got to the theater, you know, we, we, we I guess we said hello to some people. And I'm like, can I just put my shit down? I mean, it's just, you're just sitting there all wet and awful. It just sucks. And I put my uh, stuff, I put the umbrella like on the seat in front of me. And then my jacket bundled up and it never got dry. It just absolutely sucked. But I had to take the jacket off because you're sitting there just so wet but at least i was wearing the dress shoes where at least there was no you know my feet weren't wet because that would be an awful way to see a show anyway i saw the show with with the writer josh Harmon and david yazbek the um i don't know what you call him now since adam schlesinger's dead but david yazbek is taking over the musical direction duty still obviously keeping adam's most of his songs but sometimes he had to write additional songs and and sarah and the director was there annie and the woman that runs the atlantic theater also named annie which i think i'll bring up on the show uh now are you all named annie because you knew you were going to get into broadway at some point or you know because that's kind of funny right so these are the stuff i gotta prepare watching the show now seeing it with the sets and the costumes and the direction and the girl playing sarah comes out and i just start dying laughing because she's you know when i first saw the reading she was just this girl zoe She's just Zoe, right? She just doesn't have her hair and she's in whatever she wore to the rehearsal that day. But when you see her dressed up in the costume, as a young Sarah, the Sarah that I've known from seeing pictures of her for years, it's so hilarious. It would, I mean, really, it would be if I was doing a musical of myself, if somebody was doing a musical, and I come out with the Jufro. Uh, like like Howard Stern in private parts. When he, I mean, there's just nothing funnier. So I was just laughing hysterically. The girl's wearing suspenders, and I'm like, oh, my God, how are you even able to watch this? I mean, it's got to be so weird for her being like, wow, this is, this is crazy. But the show is so entertaining. You know, there was, there's some problems that they'll fix in the sense of uh, in this particular one, like, I was like, I don't know, there's not a lot of energy today, but sometimes the rain has to do with that, but it'll get better, and it's such, it's still such a good show from what I saw when I was going home. I think about it, I think about it. I, I am, I'll put it this way. I'm extremely, ex- I'm seeing it three day, three times this week, Friday, Tuesday, and Saturday with my mother, and I'm excited to see it multiple times. That's how enjoyable it is. That's how enjoyable the songs are. And then, you know, it goes to this place which you are not expecting. I guarantee people didn't think it would get dramatic. 
and it's exciting in the way it does because you're not thinking that, especially it's a Sarah Silverman. It's called The Bedwetter. This is going to be you know, so weird, but it's really good. The ending is good. Like it picks up like in this, the musical numbers and stuff. It's it's really it's very entertaining. It and I believe it was just extended again, which I think is unheard of. Again, this is without opening. This is without reviews. They extended it another two weeks, which of course is what the Atlantic Theater does. They block a certain time in case they want to extend if ticket sales go through the roof, which it did. And then they just extended it to July. And I'm telling you, a separate extension where they might have had to say, hey, we're postponing this stuff, that's just unheard of. So I get the feeling this is going to be kind of a smash. And but I, I, th- I think one of the problems, although the audience, she's like, yeah, they were a little tepid, it should be better. But I'm like, I can't hear anything. And Sarah felt similar. And like, I don't, I can't explain it. Like, it's just the... I want to hear all the dialogue. I want to hear all the words and not because I'm old or was sitting in the back. It's just, um, I don't think they have their levels set. I don't think the sound is right. And if they get that together, I'm telling you, it's going to be a major smash, uh, because it's really fun and funny and interesting and good. But you know, we'll talk more about that when it actually opens and I can tell you more and maybe even play, uh, clips at some point if they have them online. But, I'm glad. I'm so glad I went. There was also a disturbance while we were there that was hand. This is so funny. It was handled so well by the staff in the sense of basically this one girl whose job it is to seat people took care of this better than the security at the goddamn Hollywood Bowl, better than the security at the Oscars. This one little intern took care of a drunk patron, patron, patron patron the audience wasn't annoyed now i think the people sitting around her might have been annoyed but we didn't we only saw the aftermath and were confused on what was happening and this little girl took care of it i mean it was really special when you have thought about everything else that the major security people which is their jobs can't seem to put together this drunk lady apparently came in drunk i mean who the hell comes drunk to a broadway show i mean who I don't know. So we just saw her being walked out, and then we heard she was on her phone. She was trying to record it. I mean, she was a real mess. And then when she got outside, because we saw her walking up on her phone, (laughs) it was so disrespectful and awful. And what an awful person this person is. She called the cops. She called the cops. So then they had to call the cops and tell her, like, hey, this crazy woman is calling the cops. I I mean, a true Karen. Yeah, don't put your hands on me like but you're recording the performance and, and you're not putting your mask on. We said, I mean, it was one of those things. And it happened right there. And then we found out this woman is somehow related. Or not related, but it was a, a guest of the girl's parents who's playing Sarah. So then it got worse because it's like, well, what kind of person would be? It would be like me stumbling in drunk and be like, oh, you know what? And that was a friend of Sarah's. What are we going to do now? I mean... It's real. I mean, what a disrespectful twat. Boy, it's so uncool. And then I guess she was there with her boyfriend. Or husband. They also, they came late. I mean, they did everything you could do if you're a friend of the shows to just be the biggest dick you could ever be. And it's not like they were 19 or 20. I mean, the woman was in her 40s. 
wow, it was really messed up. But like I said, this girl that I saw her afterwards, I'm like, can I just tell you, and I said it in front of everybody, you handled that so efficiently that we didn't even, we saw there was a disturbance, but it was handled so well. I don't think the audience even knew anything was going on. And she goes, thank you so much. And, and everybody was like, yeah, it was amazing. Just a little intern handled it and, and got her out of the seat and walked her upstairs, walked her out. And then the lady was screaming. And then Sarah had to come out because they were talking so far next to the door. And then you would think this woman would be like, oh, my God, Sarah Silverman, this is so exciting. But no, she was still keeping it up and yelling and screaming and saying, I'm going to call the police. I mean, that's when you know you've really lost your mind. It would be like going to see The Music Man with Hugh Jackman disturbing the performance and then Hugh Jackman comes out to yell at you and you're still giving it to him <laughs> you know where you're only going to see the music man because you want to see Hugh Jackman in the music man and then he comes out to reprimand you and you're still complaining and you're not like oh Hugh I could never be mad at you uh, <laughs> I mean that's that's some fucked up Karen shit and it really is an absolute Karen moment and it's just you know, again, just disturbing that she knew people in the show because you're just hoping it's somebody buying a ticket. Sarah also told me that the night before, somebody pulled down her mask and said, oh my God, Sarah, this show is amazing. So, like she was saying it and then pulled down her mask. It's me, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> and Sarah was like, oh, I didn't recognize her with the mask. I was like, oh, they don't know each other. But she was just, and she was like, it was amazing. She got a ticket on her own. She didn't ask my agent or anything and just came by herself and then just walked home. <laughs> it was very impressive. But I think everybody knows that Marissa Tomei is pretty cool. I think George Costanza would tell you. No, but, it seemed, but it's very obvious. I mean, you never hear anything bad about that girl in Hollywood because maybe she lives in New York and isn't Hollywood. And sometimes that's helpful. Although you could say the same thing about Alec Baldwin, and yet it's the exact opposite. So who knows? It doesn't matter where you live. It matters what the kind of person you are, speaking of which. Let's take a look at what we have, shall we? Does this couch open? And I'm in a meeting. We need the room. Yeah. I need a few minutes, okay? Fine. Now, you've taken your SATs already. Math, 597. Verbal, 560. Correct me if my information is inaccurate. Uh, well, yes, sir, but I was um, planning on taking those again. Fine. Now, your grade point average is 3.14. Your class rank, 52, which places you in the 84th percentile. Is that correct? Joe, listen, this is my cousin Ruben. Uh, he's from Skokie. Hey, Jimmy. You can get him in Jimmy, tonight. Not now, okay? Joe, look, he's got to be back by 12 o'clock. All right, later, guys. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. And you wish to major in? Business. Business. Yes. Fine, well, let's see what else there is. Junior Varsity Tennis Team, Recording Secretary Spanish Club, Varsity Track Team, one year, Honorable Mention Cook County Science Fair, Future Enterprisers, Yearbook Staff, Student Council, two years. Well, Joel, your stats are very respectable. You've done some solid work here. But it's not quite Ivy League now, is it? 
You know, Bill, there's one thing I've learned in all my years. Sometimes you gotta say, what the fuck? Make your move. I beg your pardon? So, how we doing? Looks like University of Illinois. You heard about Tom Cruise, you know, coming down in his helicopter uh, to promote Top Gun 2. I mean, you got to respect it. The guy who flew a helicopter in New York, I think, flew his own helicopter, and that's how he came in the press. This guy is so interesting. He's obviously a weirdo and a freak, right? I mean, with that Scientology crap, and we know he's just a little off. He still looks so good, and he's so tiny, and he's so weird, and... He's so serious about the um, his franchise and his and his you know the way he carries himself and his stuff. I mean, think about when he first did that Mission Impossible. I I think his plan was to be like James Bond and just keep making Mission Impossible movies, which he's done. Now they're worth three point six billion dollars. And the funny, the guy, as wacky and weird as he is, he still makes really good movies that we all enjoy. Now I never liked the original Top Gun, so I really couldn't stand care less about this. But, you know, I was thinking about those Jack Reacher movies now that I'm watching the Amazon one without him just called Reacher, which is supposed to be more realistic in the fact that the guy's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and, you know, really looks like he kicks ass, whereas somehow Tom Cruise, as we talked about the other day, said like, no, no, this uh, this role speaks of me. Uh, but yet the, the Tom Cruise ones are excellent because it's just a movie. What's the difference if a five six guy has a somehow has a bunch of brute strength? We feel like, well, he learned it. He learned it. He, he's just good at learning stuff. Uh, you know, if martial arts has taught us anything, it is not how big or strong you are. It's all just how you make the moves. So he's just so good at making movies that we like. I and and think about this. He's like the only true movie star left on the planet. He's like a throwback to the days when you didn't have access to movie stars, which is why The Tonight Show and Stephen Colbert and all those stupid things were are, are still going or invented because The Tonight Show, uh, most of all, because you didn't have access to your Hollywood movie stars and here provided a forum where they could just talk frankly and be themselves instead of in character, and it was fun. Those aren't necessary anymore. Why these shows are still even on Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know who the hell's watching them because I don't want to see an interview with applause breaks and commercials. I'd rather listen to Howard Stern do an hour and a half or two hours with somebody or even a 60 minutes piece, you know? I mean, just these horrible interviews, just people clapping and clapping and you're like, shut up. Let's get down to something. You just, they're not necessary anymore. But Tom Cruise is the only one left where there's still mystery, and he, you know, he doesn't do TV shows and he's just not accessible. Like even somebody like Bradley Cooper, who's clearly a movie star, he seems accessible. Like he's like he's on Howard or or he's on shows or he, you know, there's clips of him. I don't know. There's a major difference. And Tom Cruise is still a bona fide movie star. And now he's mad because the times have changed that Top Gun 2 is not going to be in the movie theaters for the standard at least three months. But that's just not the way things work anymore. I finally saw The Batman on HBO. 
which is fantastic. That what, what did that take? Uh, like a month? I mean, this this new format is great. <laughs> that I can see movies I would have had to wait a year to see, especially since I still pay for cable. Uh, you know, like a month later. I mean, it really is a dream. So Batman, I mean, especially Batman's three hours long. Titanic is a little over three hours long. Why does the Batman have to be three hours long? Why? Now, it was entertaining, and I don't think there was a point where I was like, how long is this going to be? But yeah, there's scenes that keep, I'm like, wait, it's still going? But 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 it was still okay. It was It was a good movie. But there's just no reason for a superhero movie to be three hours. No, there's no reason. I, I, I just don't get it. 2.15 maybe, and even then you're like, why is a superhero movie need to be two hours and 15 minutes? Especially if you're not doing the origin story, which, thank God, I, I don't think I could take another Batman origin story. All right, we get it. His parents are going to be killed. Can we move on? But it was good. Robert Pattinson was good. And you know why it was good? Nobody doesn't like Robert Pattinson, I think, but I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm sick and tired of British people playing American superheroes. That's making me angry, but I can get over that because they're all good. But they did it more like the comic books that I clearly read, the way he was even Bruce Wayne was different than normal. And let me tell you something again. It's like a joke. It's like in, Indi- in Indiana Jones 2, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark 2, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. He there's a scene where he gets into his character, the Dr. Jones character again instead of Indy, you know, like the glasses and the suit. And it is so unnecessary and forced because you have to do the duality of the superhero. And that's that dinner scene where they're eating the eyeball soup and all that stuff and I remember thinking this is stupid. Like when I first saw it, I mean I I love when he is that character when he's at the school and teaching. But this is an unnecessary thing to kind of force the superhero aspect of it. And every time in this movie he dresses up as Bruce Wayne, it's just absolutely unnecessary. Absolutely unnecessary. He goes to an event as Bruce Wayne, but then he immediately has to turn into Batman. So what's the point? You know, if he handled something as Bruce Wayne, it would be different. And it was so different in the Superman movies when he was Clark Kent because God damn, that Christopher Reeves was so brilliant as Clark Kent. You just demanded uh, <laughs> him. You wanted a full movie of him being Clark Kent. He was so goddamn brilliant. That's that's the best Superman, Superman 2, where he just plays Clark Kent. I mean, that's some of the funniest, greatest acting performances of our time, even though we've been over this a hundred times. Christopher Reeves not a very good actor, but boy, was he good at Clark Kent. Uh. Oh, hi, Clark. Good night. Uh, here, mm-hmm. let me uh, carry that for you. Oh, thanks a lot. Uh, Lois, have you, have you got a minute? Uh, excuse me, please. Uh, Lois? And uh, these me. two go to the addresses on the envelope, okay? Good night. Well, so I was wondering if maybe you'd like to have a little dinner with me. Oh, here. gosh, Clark, I'm sorry. I'm booked. Oh. Yeah, Air Force One's landing at the airport, and this kid's going to be there to make sure that you know. Good night! Who answers a few questions he'd rather duck? My yeah, goodness, don't you ever let up? Before. I mean, I've seen how the other half lives. My sister, for instance. Three kids, two cats, and one mortgage. Yeah. I would go bananas in a week. Oh, uh, can I uh, take you to the airport? Not unless you can fly. <laughs> uh, Clark. Hmm? Ladies. Sorry. I changed my clothes. Thank you. Bye. Well, hey, Lois, maybe we can... <clears throat> um, uh, Lois? 
Would you be a pet mail that for me, thanks? Oh, sure. Uh, night. But yeah, there's no reason for him to change over to Bruce Wayne. But again, I noticed it's all like this new comic book stuff that I've been reading with this kind of Bruce Wayne and stuff. And it was very comic booky. And in that sense, I liked it. I think if you you know, are reading brand new Batman stories. Like I'm talking about, you know, after 2000 or stuff and the stuff they've been doing with the Dark Knight and the different kind of comics they've been bringing. It was more like that. Uh, so I, I did very much enjoy it. Speaking of comics, it's funny. I, you know, I had to borrow some money the other day and I remember thinking, well, now I got some money, so I'm just going to buy a couple of things. So I remember I bought I bought some... I bought some. I was at my mother's house. I bought some apple cider, <laughs> like a tiny jug of apple cider, at the, uh, you know, the store of the the farms store, because I like having it around, and it really is delicious. Tiny jug, a tiny jug. I think it was four dollars, and then I bought three comic books because I hadn't been buying them. I like having them around too. Sometimes I like to turn off the TV and read. <laughs> so what if they're comics? I mean, I'm like I said, I'm look. I like when I have a book to read, but I don't have any, so I just like sometimes having comics in the house. And I like going to the comic book store. Kind of. I don't know. Those guys are looking at me funny lately, but so about three comics, and one of them was free because I have like a punch card, so that cost ten dollars. And then I bought gas, which. When I, I was looking for the cheapest gas, and I couldn't even believe when I went up, I maybe I hadn't been in Jersey in two weeks, it went from where I was maybe getting into 399 to 440 That's a big jump. So I was looking where I usually get gas, and I looked online, and it said 420 I said, well, that'll be fine. That's better than what I just saw. And then when I got, even though I saw it online, I even took a screenshot of it. I saw it online, but then when I got there, it was 440 when I pulled up to the pump and the pump was in the car, I saw it was 440. And I'm like, oh, what? How did it go up 20 cents since I saw this earlier this morning? So that's a really bad sign. But I knew that was going to, you know, so I was glad it, it, it cost me under $100. So then I was saying, oh, then I bought some potato chips and a Slurpee. <laughs> so I think I spent maybe $150. And I'm like, well, that's not too bad. I mean, look what I bought. Like, I'm like, well, I finally have money. Now I can buy some potato chips and a Slurpee. And I'm like, well, am I really treating myself? I mean, that's that's what it came down to, where I'm like, I feel guilty spending $150 on this stuff. But it's like when you're, sometimes when you, you know, you want these little things and you don't, like, you know, like Q-tips. I finally bought Q-tips. And I'm like, well, I haven't had. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I don't want to talk about this kind of stuff again. It's just funny because it remind the reason I'm bringing it up because it reminded me. I don't know. It reminds me of Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, the 1991 movie with Christina Applegate. Well, that's it. Uh, I don't think anybody else came out of that movie. They're all using the petty cash that she does at her job, and they're all her brothers and sisters are buying all this expensive stuff. And she's like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, well, you did it. You took money out of Petty Cash. And boy, he goes, I bought a pair of shoes and a magazine. And that's the way I always think, like, 
you know, if somebody's like, why are you buying all this stuff? If you don't have any money, I'm like, I bought a pair of shoes. I bought a lipstick and a magazine. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's what I, that's, what's the matter with me? Who thinks like that? Who, well, the person that's going to teach a course on the movie Clueless. I mean, clearly that's who thinks like that. That's who thinks like that. That's who thinks in those kind of terms of where my life resembles the movie Don't Tell Mom the Baby, where my life resembles the Christina Applegate character of the movie Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yes, that is the kind of person, the savant, you may say, in the weirdest of ways, who can teach a 15-hour course on the movie Clueless. I think we're all in agreement that that is one messed up dude (laughs) who, you know, will be considered brilliant if he can actually parlay this into a paying gig. I mean, that's all we've been talking about since this podcast began. We're like, how do I take this ridiculous knowledge I have in my head about nothing, about Quincy programs, the show Quincy, and somehow make a profit out of it. Because clearly, stand-up comedy, no one cares. So where's the audience? You guys, thank goodness. And let me give you one. Let me give you one. Yeah, How do you make money off something? The knowledge like this. I'm watching this old show called The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Those of you my age will, of course, know it. Those of you younger will not. It was a very popular show in the 70s growing up. It was funny. It was cool. And uh, you didn't see a lot of movies, a lot of shows like that back then. The supporting cast was unbelievable. Everybody loves Lou Grant and Ed Asner and Ted Knight, you know, so Rhoda. <laughs> and I'm watching the show, and it's an episode. Because I, it, was on, it was on a two in the afternoon, and I think I said, well, let me tape this because it'll, it'll be good sometimes late at night when I just need to power down, I'll, I'll watch these old shows. And it was an episode that I certainly remember as a kid. There's an episode that starts off one of the seasons where Mary goes to jail. You know, she works at a, uh, a news station, and she goes to jail for not revealing her sources. And I guess I always remembered it as a kid because I always wanted to be a journalist and a reporter, even though I can't write, just for the action. And to be put in jail for not revealing a source. You know, that's like the coolest thing that can happen to you as a reporter. I can't reveal my source. So she goes to jail and meets these prostitutes in jail with her. And I remember this, you know, actress. She was funny. And I'm like, whatever. And then there's another episode, either later in the season or the next season, where this woman comes back. The actress's name is Barbara Colby. And it's just really weird because I say to myself, wait a minute, you know, I remember her as a kid, and she seemed like she was in a bunch of stuff. So what else was she in, and what else did she do after this? And, you know, this is how I get obsessed. I'm watching these old shows, whether it's old movies or old TV shows, and I'm like, wait, I got to see if they're still alive first, and then I got to see what they did after. And sometimes you're like, oh, my God, right. They did that. You know, something like that. And that's, you know, what what am, what am I doing late at night? I'm, uh, you know, you're, on the, you're watching a TV, you don't care, and you're also on the phone. It's like having a just something on in the background, right? So I look up this girl, her name is Barbara Colby, and it was shocking what I saw. Now, first of all, I guess the producers liked her so much, 
She was supposed to be. See, I love this kind of shit. I didn't realize she was supposed to replace Rhoda, who was Mary's best friend, who did a spinoff and left and did her own show. So they're like, well, here's somebody. But then they said, well, she's too much like Rhoda, so we can't do that. So they ended up putting her on another one of Mary's neighbors named Phyllis, this woman, Cloris Leachman, who's an Oscar winner, who had her own show as a spinoff called Phyllis, and they put her on that show. However, they put her on that show the next year after I saw her on that show, and then she got murdered. And I was, I mean, you see my, I'm like, What? I mean, just reading it, it was really weird. She's coming out of an acting class, which is even weirder. You're on a sitcom and you're still in an acting class, which you also had to respect, but say like, what the hell's the matter with you? But I guess she wanted bigger things maybe to, you know, she's, oh, well, I'm only on Phyllis right now, but I really want to do Gone with the Wind. So maybe it's something like that. She was held, she was robbed at gunpoint in a Los Angeles garage after acting class and then murdered. And the murder was never solved, which is even more intriguing. I mean, it's it's sad, of course, but um, it's so intriguing because what the, the murder was never solved. Seriously, I mean, how how is that never solved of a of you know an actress, not a high profile actress, but an actress killed after her acting class? I mean, that's I don't know if you're watching Barry on HBO, which is terrific, by the way. The um, what's his name? The guy from Saturday Night Live, Bill Hader show. It's so good. He's been directing every episode too. He's so talented. Bill Hader is so talented. You know who's not talented? Kate McKinnon. She needs to go away. That girl on Saturday Night Live, who's always just mugging for the camera, and just she has become a bore. And just so bad. She was the breakout star. And now I, I can't imagine there's nobody like me who's just sick of her. Sick of her. I mean, it's gotten that bad. I was watching the Benedict Cumberbatch when he was on this week. And, and they have the opening. And then she comes out again doing the... And I'm like, oh, I got to turn this off. She's getting on my last nerve. I mean, it's really bad. There's never a time where she's not just playing it up. And it's getting frustrating. And it's not like... Uh, for some reason, there are people that can do that, that you don't mind, like uh, you know uh, Adam Sandler or or Jimmy Fallon, always laughing and mugging. It, it it's, for some reason doesn't. This one, I'm done. She stinks. I I she's got to go because there's so many other that Chloe Fineman is much better than her on the show. I'd rather see her get more work, and um, some of the other people, uh, Cecily uh, Strong, is so much better. There's such better actors and actresses, even Melissa Villasenor, who's uh, Villasenor, who's such a good impressionist, is um, not as uh, overwhelming as this Kate McKinnon, who really is just so bad. I would be interested if any of you say, what are you talking about? I like Kate McKinnon. I, I'd be very surprised uh, if you think about it. You know, maybe now that I put it in your mind, you're watching, you're like, you're right. You know, like even if you're like, oh, I like her. No, she needs to go. But, but Bill Hader is so talented, and this show Barry is so good, and obviously he was brilliant. It brings in Henry Winkler, everybody, our, somebody our age, Adam Sandler too. Anybody our age would want to work with Henry Winkler or John Travolta. I mean, well, not John Travolta now because now we know he's a mess and a Scientologist, but Henry Winkler is still the coolest. He's an amazing guy and like a good person, and obviously as kids, he was our just the best 
coolest. I mean, he played cool, but he was cool. I mean, everything about him was cool. He was cool as a person, and he's cool as an actor. Correct the mundo. So the show Barry, if you haven't seen it, it's so entertaining. The third season's just started. It's on every Sunday, and it's so entertaining and good. And the weird part is, it starts off, uh, Bill Hader is a, a paid assassin, but he, uh, he also likes acting. And normally I don't like that paid assassin stuff. I'm like, come on. But this is really good. The first assignment, he kills somebody in the acting class. That was his assignment. Uh, and it's just so weird because then I was talking to this Barbara Colby. I'm like, she was killed in her acting class. I'm like, did Barry do it? No, of course he didn't, but uh, I'm just saying. But it's unsolved. And then I'm just thinking to myself, this is a, this is a job for Quincy. Quincy M.E. The medical said, don't you see? She was shot in the head. Well, we knew that, Quincy, but by who? Oh, I, I don't know. Did you have any cameras there? No. Well, this one stumps me. Let me just talk to the kids for a minute. You see, kids? Wait, wait. Stop, stop the music. Stop, 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 stop the music. Stop the music. What's going on? Buzz, 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 buzz. Listen, I I just want to talk to you kids, and I'm sorry for stopping the music for a minute. I just want to talk to you kids that there was a girl here that was murdered last week. I know this is an acting class, and it's normally a safe space, but if anybody has any interest, I I just want to make sure everybody's going to be all right. Now, she was murdered for being a very bad actress, but that's not the thing. No, that's right out of uh, Bullets Over Broadway, which they might have to do to Kate McKinnon. No, I'm not saying that. We can't have that anymore. That's what almost happened to Dave Chappelle. Fuck. That guy was carrying like a bayonet gun. Who has that? It shoots knives? Which is actually better in a way because then he might have survived instead of a gunshot wound. I'm just saying if that had... And then there's a there's a controversy of... Um, we were on Marina show yesterday. A whole bunch of people weren't backing up the fact that they his crew finally beat the shit out of the guy. And like, no, there's no room for that. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry. I'm very good with that. <laughs> if you're going to make a move to tackle somebody on stage, you better be prepared to get beaten up. I don't want to say I don't condemn violence against violence, but I, maybe we do. It, when it comes to that, this guy, I mean, what are you picking on this guy? He's unarmed. He's hes just a performer, and you come up and you do, you're do. you not expecting to get beat. I, I mean, I'm telling you, if that turns around where that guy ends up suing, I'm going to be really upset, and everybody's already upset anyway. I am not going to listen to any more of this. I mean, I've had just about enough. Meanwhile, I found out some really, really horrible news about that remember i was telling you last week about the 59th street bridge where i live which is renamed the ed Koch bridge this is horrible this is really bad you know they're thinking they want they're really making strides when there's all this other stuff going on in the goddamn world let alone the abortion issue and the ukraine right two unbelievable things there's a bunch of douchebags trying to get ed Koch's the great ed Koch trying to get his name removed from the bridge. And the worst part is, which I just found out today, is that the representative of the congresswoman in my area, Carolyn Maloney, who I love and helped me through COVID, her office continues to call me, they check on me, They're, she's great. And I, told, and I voted for her, and I would work on her campaign if uh, she wants me to, I can change parties, I will do this for people. But she's the one who's trying to get it removed. But the worst part is she was the one who made them put it on there. 
And somebody got to her and said, but he didn't do enough for AIDS. And she's like, oh, you're right. And that's really pissing me off. In fact, the uh, name of the article is called Fairweather Dems. And then I found out that Ed Koch was a goddamn World War II vet. Let alone what, you know, how great he was for this city and believed in it. And, you know, uh, when the president of the United States told New York City they can go screw themselves, he was like, screw you. He was an awesome mayor. Oh, and a closeted gay guy, you know, who was born in the fucking 20s. What he was supposed to come out? He didn't do enough about AIDS. What do you think? He wasn't concerned. You think he was just sitting there going, ah, let him die. The homos. No, he was probably dead. Nobody knew what to do about AIDS back then. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm very upset by this, Ms. Maloney, Congresswoman. You put his name on the bed. Now you taking it off? Who's pressuring you? Is it one person? There's no way there's a group that's doing this. It's always one goddamn person. One person. You don't think one person can make a difference. They sure can when it's for something else. They can't make a difference if they want to do something good. But if they want to make everybody else's lives miserable, it's one person. You know, like Amy Conan, whatever that justice of the peace is on the, uh, who wants to overturn the abortion. Amy Conan Barrett, is that her? Oh my God, she's so pretty. <laughs> Every time I see pictures of her, I'm like, oh my God, she's so hot. And it's so hot that she um, hates everyone. And wants to change the abortion issue. I mean, it's like, it's the worst thing. It's the most cruelest, evilest thing to do. And that just makes it so hot. She's such an asshole. What woman is doing that? And then I was watching Bill Martin. He goes, you know, it's like there's more percentage of women voting against Roe versus Wade than I, I don't understand what woman would be. Why women are fighting against abortion, I don't understand. And of course, it always comes down to organized religion. And again, if you want to get rid of all this, ladies, I tell you, you got to take on religion. I dare you. Take on the Catholic Church. Take on the Orthodox Jews. These are religions that were built on keeping women as second-class citizens. Muslims, you take them on. Good luck, <laughs> but that's the step. It really is as easy as the Untouchables movie or the real-life story of the Untouchables. Sean Connery says to Kevin Cosby, he goes to Elliot Ness, he says, well, look, everyone knows where the, mol the, the molasses is being made. You know, you can stop all this stuff, but they all know where it's being made. You got to actually go in there and do something about it. So they actually go to the place where it's being made and shut it down. Like it, it, it was all like smoke and mirrors before that. And that's what this is. You protest, you protest. You got to protest against the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is making this happen. The Catholic Church was, uh, you know, these rules written in the 3000s, which Saturday Night Live kind of touched on last week on Saturday. And uh, made to keep women as second class citizens. It's a fact. That's what organized religion is. It's an absolute fact. Thank you. I, I just I just can't even believe this is happening. Who like you know just what who's doing who's going in there and be like well the first thing we have to do is uh, <laughs> it is happening uh, change it so black people can't vote anymore. This I mean that law was ridiculous right we got to overturn that. I mean what is happening seriously what the fuck is happening? And then I keep saying to myself wait a minute 
was all this happening? Are we just in the moment so we can't believe all this is happening? But, you know, it was probably happening in the 1800s. There was probably a bunch of crap that was happening back then where people were like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. So it does happen all the time, but we're in the moment now, and it just seems surprising. A worldwide pandemic and (laughs) 9-11. Again, I say to you, your grandparents can suck it when they told you they lived through shit. I mean, maybe, I mean, besides the ones who actually fought in a war, uh, you might have lived through World War II safe and sound here in America, but uh, <laughs> America's never had all this shit happen to its own self. Um, I mean, you know, it's had bad things, but yeah, there's some shit going down. But uh, I always look at it like this. Sometimes I tell people, I'm like, you know, this this country is very, very young. And we forget sometimes that it was only considered a, a country, you know, maybe, all right, so let's just say it was kind of put together 400 years ago, a little over 400 years ago, right? And it's only been independent or what we've decided and the laws for a little over 200 years. That's it. Whereas the other places in the world, you know, England and all those other places, they have like, you know, Egypt, 5,000 years ago shit happened. You know, that we're, we're very young. We're just putting it together. And yes, do we have a sordid background of how everything came to be? We certainly do, but so do all the other places. So what are you going to do? I guess you just got to move on, move into the future. But there, but there is some messed up stuff happening. And so then when I uh, sit here complaining about my uh, woe is me, I feel like an idiot sometimes. But uh, what are you going to do? Everybody's got their personal problems. And we just got to live with it and deal with it and move on. Am I right? Am I right, everybody? Try to try to have a good time doing the podcast. Hey, man, you listen to this podcast. It's lots of fun. This guy just talks about how angry he is at the rain. He's yelling at the rain. He's yelling at clouds like an old man. I'm telling you, it's that Simpsons episode. Old man yells at cloud. Elon always tells me that all the time. He shows me the, the clipping. <laughs> old man yells at cloud. I think that's the name of the podcast this week. And folks, speaking of the podcast, that is the podcast. I got to tell you, I'm very uptight. We're recording Billy Joel this week. We're recording. It doesn't come out this week. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. And I'm like, I, I it's, it's freaking me out. Because I feel like we're just not ready. I can't believe we're there finally going in alphabetical order. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. I feel like we're not, I keep calling a lot. I'm like, no, no, we need to do it differently. We need to do this. We need to do that. He's like totally calm. Well, of course, the guy has ice in his veins. I nothing faces that kid. I'm freaking out. I don't know why. I feel like there's not there's not enough work we can put into doing this legendary Billy. I mean, this is the one. This is the one. If you were just like, oh, there's a Billy Joel podcast, you're instantly going to go to scenes from an Italian restaurant. This is the one we'll be judged on, and I feel we are so not there. I really need another week to. I'd I'd like to take a week off and just concentrate on it. And of course, that's ridiculous. We got to keep the pattern going. So, what do we have coming up this week? What is it? Uh, oh, it's the R's wrap up. Yay! And then say goodbye to Hollywood on Thursday. So that's fun. Anyway, uh, don't forget to join me tonight at nine fifteen. If you go to the Atlantic Theater, I believe it's AtlanticTheater.org. Uh, you can uh, view live the question and answer session i'll be doing with the cast you can possibly see me get canceled or just you know things will go horribly wrong hopefully they'll go horribly right and uh, all will be revealed next week 
on Just Gow in the City. Good night, everybody.